1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an edition of Dice Tradecast Cast on RotoViz Radio. We are joined today by my friend Russell Clay, which rhymes with day. Uh, I've learned that today. Here we go. I'm Dr. Seuss up in this bitch.
2: Oh, uh, wow. Wow, I've never <laughs> heard that one before.
1: <laughs> Anyways, this is Dice Cast. Every week, uh, Russell, I know you're an avid listener. I say what is in the books. Every, week one is in the books, week 14 is in the books. The Pro Bowl is in the books, folks. Uh, We've gotten through Pro Bowl weekend. Uh, We are looking ahead at the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl of the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Obviously, not much to talk about from a dynasty perspective there, what we can cover, how Super Bowl performances. Uh, Oh, go ahead. I
2: I do want to talk about one guy. I'm very interested in in where you're at with Miko Hardman this offseason and heading forward because – He's a really tough one, incomplete college profile, but also looked really good, super explosive in year one. They clearly really like him. What what are you what are you valuing him at right now, dynasty wise?
1: I think he's a low to mid thirties guy at wide receiver, and we'll we'll discuss him in a little bit actually from one of the trade topics. But and we we so much I think it's actually died down a little bit because I think that you and I are one of the few that still enjoy dynasty best ball. I think that it had its wave and then people got oversaturated with it and many people were like, oh, this dynasty best ball, I never check on it, da But so so the phrase he's great in best ball was going away, but and it was overused when it was overused. But now I do think that Harman is the prototype of wide receiver that I want on my best ball team.
2: Hmm. I just wonder healthy Mahomes next year, Travis Kelsey turning thirty-one or thirty-two you know those thirteen hundred, twelve hundred yard seasons are probably gonna regress pretty soon to like a thousand, eleven hundred, and then you're looking at if Hardman can get three, four more hundred yards next year, borderline, you know, almost every week starter. So just my take there, real quick.
1: Yeah, no, and he definitely has like huge upside with his speed, and he was a second round NFL draft pick. Uh, but my my worry with Hardman is that they're gonna cut Sammy. And they're not going to go into the year with a wide receiver core of Tyree Kill and McCall Hardman. Correct. Like that's that. That's not going to be their wide receiver core. They're going right. to bring in a guy in free agency or bring in a draft pick. Certainly, I don't think they're going to go a, not another like first or second round pick at a wide receiver. That would be you know a senseless pick, of use of a pick. But there's going to be someone else who comes in, and I think that will be the time to go in and buy Hardman. But I also honestly don't think he's too expensive right now either.
2: I think he's a nice price to buy. You know, I don't necessarily think he's a sell, but anyway, I know we're going to talk about him, so I kind of spoiled one of the one of the things. But he's just a fascinating guy this off season because he does have a lot of nice little year one quirks to him. So I especially like they really like him on kick returns, so that's pretty interesting for a future role on offense. They already like him in a bunch of different spots.
1: Yeah, I um, our, our buddy Adam Harstad is always big on guys who get uh, early opportunities in the return game, them becoming future stars in the offensive game. Cause, and it kind of goes back to uh, the concept of the rushing wide receiver that, you know, you kind of brought to the fantasy forefront like years ago now about how you want wide receivers who are rushing the ball in college because their college team's like, we got to figure out how to get the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands or whoever, you know, the rushing receiver may be. Exactly. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our first topic, and it's going to be Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt speeding ticket, and there was video that just came out. We know that video ends up resulting in suspensions and things like that. But there was a video of Kareem Hunt who had an open container of vodka and had a spe- got a speeding ticket, for t- and he told an officer that he'd fail a drug test. So had the smell of drugs in the car, had open alcohol, and for some reason only got away with a speeding ticket. Um, before the video, I was, you know, kind of spin zoning as a guy who has many cream hunt chairs, Like, oh, like it's just a speeding ticket. Like, yeah, he's an idiot for having his car smell like Bud, but you know, it is what it is. But the more the details come out, the more concerning it is. But I, I still think that until there's something more like legally concrete than he got a speeding ticket, I'm still gonna like be wary of the NFL actually doing anything
2: so sort of a lesser player example but remember it was last off season or two off seasons ago when zay jones had that crazy hotel night and that video came out of him nothing ever happened to him so you know unless ex- ex-
1: except for like the bills gave up on him but
2: well, yes, but generally speaking like he didn't get suspended by the league and you know there were no legal ramifications. So, that's kind of where I'm leaning with Hunt here. I was already kind of out. I'm not when, you know, Josh Gordon, it was like this isn't a Josh Gordon situation, but I'm I'm done with off-field guys unless it's Tyreek Hill. Um I'll take a <laughs> chance on him because he's 1310 every year, but uh, other than that, man, I just I'm just, I'm done with it, you know. I I try to stay away from those guys as much as I can, and it's really it's really hard to. I know you've been buying him, so I do understand that logic, and I think it's a viable move, more viable last offseason, in my opinion. But you know, if you have him as a hold, if not, I I wouldn't necessarily go after him.
1: I mean, but. It's not like his price – certainly his price has gone down now than it was a week ago, but I don't think his price was actually – it's still been fairly stagnant. Like, for example, I acquired him for Cam in a late second, which I don't think is a bad price in in a 1QB league, Cam Cam in a late second, which I don't think is a bad price whatsoever, but – it's, it looks bad if Cream Hunt never plays again or, you know, gets a, uh, another, a year suspended or something like that. So, But that's the thing with the off-field guys, and I also tend to try and avoid them. It's just when I, like, do the calculations in my head, like, okay, like, and I kind of phrased this with you. Um, I talked about when I bought my first hunt share, roughly like probably nine, a while, ten a ago. Ago. Yeah. nine to ten, ten months ago. Nine to ten months ago, I bought my first hunt share, and it was like Ronald Jones and Michael Pittman for Kareem Hunt. And the the, the way that I phrased it to you was that if Kareem Hunt never does anything again, I'm not going to lose sleep over Ronald Jones and Michael Pittman. And so those were the trades that I, that I was making. It's like. I'm buying on the upside, but also not paying a price that I'm like, if I get zero out of this, then, then it's over.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's one of those scenarios where there is a price point that makes sense. And you, you kind of hit on that cam in a late second is a reasonable price point. I'd still rather get a first round quarterback or like a high end tight end or something in a one QB non TE premium league Um, in, in a late second, but I mean, overall, yeah, if Kareem Hunt gets signed to be even a secondary back, he's going to be fantasy relevant because he's so good. So, yeah, that's fair.
1: All right. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, it, it was uh, Senior Bowl week. That's actually what's in the, you know what, that's in the books. So let's rewind. Uh, Senior Bowl is in the books. That's what semi matters for fantasy values. Of course, the weigh-ins actually mean more than the game. And, you know, the, sometimes the, the scouting buzz ends up translating to a yes. higher draft capital, which is what we care about. And so the one player that I think benefits the most from Senior Bowl week, at, I believe he was the Senior Bowl MVP, uh, Justin Herbert he was pretty much entered senior bowl week widely regarded as the QB three at best. You know, some people even had Jordan love above him, but, and love had a good week as well from my understanding, but Herbert ends up the winner and people are talking about him possibly going above two right now, maybe teams trading up to three to get Herbert. I've been a Herbert fan, you know, for the last two or three years, we'll talk about guys who returned for their senior year. Uh, Justin Herbert made me very upset when he returned for his senior year. But he did, and he's still going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick. Um, what are your thoughts on Herbert right now?
2: Yeah, it's kind of like coming to fruition after 2018 when, I mean, and all of us in the Devi community remember Justin Herbert coming into 2018, hyped as the number one overall pick, you know, had that prototypical frame, looked great, then hit some turbulence with his teammates and sort of the overall situation at Oregon. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I think he was always going to be. And and the hype just got a little – jumped the shark a little bit, and people pushed back on that. So I think he was always going to be a top 15, 20 pick. Now I think it's coming into some clarity that we're going to see him top 10, maybe five to nine, somewhere around there. Uh, I'm sweating, you know – I picked up a lot of Dwayne Haskins shares last year, and I know they're supposed to pick Chase Young, but this is three quarterbacks that I think are top 10 worthy, and if they make some thoughts and they're like, you know what, screw this, we're done with Haskins, my Super Bowl or my Super Flex shares are really going to be hurting. So sweating if I'm Dwayne Haskins' owner. Other than that, I think this is great for Herbert. Great for rookie drafts too.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, especially, obviously, Superflex as well, where, you know, with the amount of seniors that returned, the Superflex rookie drafts were getting a little bit thin. You know, we were starting to think, like, you know, back in December, we we're like, holy crap, there's gonna be like a top tier of like 15 guys. And now that top tier is like four or five guys, you know, and, and yeah. with Superflex, that extends to like six or seven. But yeah, with, with Herbert, I'm, I'm all in on him. I, I think that I think that if he goes above Tua, that I'm going to go the safe route and end up taking him above Tua just because, you know, you said you kind of avoid the, the off the field problems. I'm starting to want to avoid the it, injuries in the NFL are one thing because they, they present such a clear discount. But major injuries in college, uh, obviously Todd Gurley is the exception to the rule, but majors, major injuries in college tend to linger or, or get worse in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And I tend to, you know, each major injury is a is a ding. And Tua has now dealt with two pretty pretty big injuries, and that's kind of when I start to really worry about a guy's long-term value. Obviously, Tua can be a pocket quarterback, but if he continues to run like this, we've seen this with so many quarterbacks over the last 5 years, including guys like Carson Wentz who isn't necessarily a runner but his first couple years in the league he was just throwing himself in the linebackers and you know as super flex owners you have to be aware of these guys the the best story this year was by far Deshaun Watson and he finally learned when to run and when not to easily the best storyline for me this year and I'm so happy and now I'll probably look to buy him in some super flex leagues but Heading into this year, I just don't want to deal with that crap, you know, guys throwing their legs in the linebackers. So hopefully Tua learns. Yep. All
1: right. Our next player, this is a guy that I feel like every and obviously this happens when a player gains value. But we probably started talking about Darius Slayton in week six, week seven on the nice Straightcast, And basically every single time we've talked about him the last, you know, four or five times, it's like his price gets a little bit higher and a little bit higher, a little bit higher. And now I'm just like, how much higher can I put this guy? Yeah. And um, there's been many trades in my leagues going on involving Darius Slayton. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it in my leagues. Uh, Just before we go through a bunch of trades, I'm just going to give my base value on him. I I think he's worth a late first. Um, I don't see myself giving like the 111 for him today. You know, we always talk about uh, worth less than a first, more than a second. And that's kind of the, the zone that he's in right now. And, If I'm buying Darius Slayton, I'm going to be using 2021 pick capital, especially because people are kind of bailing on 2020 for the people who stayed stayed. So that means they're going to start overvaluing all the 2021 picks, especially those second rounders.
2: Isn't that amazing? Can I can I get a, a mini rant off about rookie drafts and how last year we had to hear about 2019 being the worst rookie class of all time and the wide receiver class was the worst of all time? And now we're at 2020, and now this class is mediocre. And it's like, can we just – let's just enjoy the spoils and enjoy the year. Let's enjoy this class. I like this class. Don't abandon it. If you have picks, use them. Going to be a good class. Yes, Darius Slayton – I have him more as a early second type guy right now. I don't think I'd give a late first personally. But obviously you do see the upside. Great year one. Him and McLaren are two guys I have a lot of interest in for next year. But interest in a curious way like I think this could go either way. You know, I McLaren's obviously a, a little safer, but I think both of these could go go either way. So I'm not necessarily buying Slayton right now.
1: Yeah, I I do think that uh, comparing those two, I I don't think that there's a shot that New York enters the 2020 season with Slayton as their wide receiver one. I think Washington could enter 2020 with McLaurin as their wide receiver one. So I think that's kind of where those two compare. But speaking of comparing, let's. We're, I'm just going to go through. I've I've seen a bunch of trades involving Slayton in my leagues uh, recently. So I'm just going to go through them. And we can give our quick takes. Um, the guy we talked about earlier, McCall Hardman, Darius Slayton, or McCall Hardman.
2: Hardman, yeah, and that's not close to me. I would probably pay 107 or 108 for Hardman. Like I guess I'm just higher on him than consensus.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I I like Hardman a lot, too. I think 107 when he was a little bit high, but I, I would I would give the 111 for Hardman, whereas sure. I wouldn't for Slayton. So I, I would I'll take Hardman. But I do kind of acknowledge in a weird way, Slayton has the higher floor because he because he's produced more in year one. Sure. Um, and on the next one, Darius Slayton or rookie uh, LSU, Justin Jefferson.
2: I'd go Slayton there you just know way more what we're getting with slayton than jefferson i don't even know what jefferson's gonna test out like he could be one of those guys that doesn't test out well and then we're looking at him as a fourth or fifth round pick and then slayton is like already got a year on him already has the production and then we don't have to wait so i'd go slayton right there
1: i would as well and then we'll go uh darius slayton for paris campbell
2: campbell yeah not even close
1: Campbell for me as well. I, I do I I I do have it Hardman Campbell Slayton out of those. Yes. I don't really I don't really know where to place Jefferson among those. But uh next one, this will talk about your heartstrings, Darius Slayton and a Debbie second for Gurley.
2: Depends on your team. If I, I do see both sides, I'd still lean Gurley just because we saw this year. The Rams had a brutal schedule this year and everything went wrong and they still went nine and seven and Gurley had, you know, a thousand yards and 14 touchdowns. If he's Garrett Blount, then, you know, whatever. But if he has a better year next year and they use him more in the receiving game, he'll still be a low end RB1 to high end RB2. And if I can get two more years of that, you know, I'm going to take that over Slayton and a debbie second.
1: Yeah, yeah. I i don't know part, part is it a good...
2: depleted pool like Devi second it's, in a depleted it's, it's, pool
1: it's it's never ends three okay yeah so it's it, it, the, the league has had a debbie for two years of three rounds
2: so then that's not worth much honestly i mean it's worth something for sure to take the, the lottery ticket but that's a a pretty depleted pool when you think you know thirty thirty 30 some odd guys are already gone
1: for two years so it's 72 yeah um,
2: <laughs> all right and
1: then uh i yeah i'll go girly lean it um but i do think that 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 is one of the higher variance ones that like if girly is just dead yeah and slayton's good then you are completely screwed yeah <laughs>
2: yeah yep.
1: all right and the last one which i alluded to a little bit earlier i think or it was before we started recording darius slayton or an early 2021 second
2: at this point right now right at this moment, I'd say Slayton because I don't, it's just an early second. Once I know, I'm probably going to have a a guy I want there, you know, by the time we're at rookie draft season, I just know myself, I'm going to want a guy there. And, uh, you know, the James Washington, not quite Juju, but like, there's always a guy that drops that I'm going to want. So I'd, I'd say no.
1: Yeah, I, I, I lean Slayton for the sole purpose of that an early second has the max value of an early second, even in like the most horrid of, of, of draft classes. Right. Slayton, his ceiling is like a high-end wide receiver too, probably. Granted, that's not likely in his range of outcomes, but it is within his range of outcomes, I believe.
2: So what, okay, let's talk about Slayton the player, because... I'm trying – what do you What do you have a vision in your brain? I see Kenny Stills right now. I think he's going to have a long career as a deep threat. I think he's going to be a really productive player and a hu- huge hit as a draft pick. But I'm not sure – like Kenny Stills was really good, and he was never really more than a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. So do you think he can be better than that? And if so, that's kind of the logic you'd build to, to buy Slayton right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I certainly am not like the the comp guy that that you are in terms of like stylistically, but maybe like maybe like a Tory Smith, which would be like a better version Mm. of Kenny Stills. Okay. Uh, And and if that's the case, I think that Tory Smith's career is worth more than a second.
2: Sure. Absolutely. And there you go. So if you think that, that that's the career path for him, then you should be buying him for for an early second right now.
1: All right. Uh, before we get into our next topic, I'll let you guys know about uh, RotoViz. You uh, need to get yourself a RotoViz subscription. It's draft season. It's rookie, rookie drafts are coming up, rookie auctions, Debbie auctions. We got our, uh, our friends uh, Travis and Curtis cooking up the Devi content. Um, and so you got to get yourself a RotoViz pass. RotoViz.com slash radio to get a 10% discount on your RotoViz pass today. Uh, get in on the game and have some fun. All right, what was not fun uh, over the last two weeks or so was seeing the number of players on my NFL 10 That Never Ends 3 team deciding to return to school. Um, <laughs> but also just a number of very good, you know, potential rookie draft picks for 2020 uh, deciding to return for their senior seasons or their redshirt junior seasons for some. But let's, we'll just go down the list of, of some of our favorites and say how much it hurt their value, if at all. The first one will be uh, Shuba Hubbard. This one was actually one of the more confusing ones for me uh, because he's not at, like a big time program that has a shot at winning a national championship. He's not, you know, I don't think he's has like a first round pick type ceiling. And I think that if he had gone in the draft this year, he'd have been a day two pick. And when he comes in 2021, he's going to be a day two pick. So I don't understand uh, returning to school. Are you on the same wavelength as me?
2: You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Melvin Gordon in 2015. 15 i believe hey if you're listening to this go fact check me it's 20 he was there for a few years redshirted his freshman season and then had a chance to leave after his redshirt sophomore season didn't any he averaged he had 1600 yards from scrimmage on like 7.8 yards per carry and he stayed and that's that's the same thing with hubbard where you'd assume his values kind of locked up i'd I don't understand this one, but uh, Nathan's dog is barking. What's the dog say? What's the dog think about Chuba Hubbard? But, okay, anyway, back to Chuba Hubbard. You know, he's an interesting guy, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage this year, clearly a good athlete, didn't quite come out of nowhere, was a pretty interesting prospect, and – I don't think his value is going to change much at all, and it won't for me. He is what he is already, and that's how I view a lot of these running backs. We kind of know what they are. They had really good seasons this year, and my opinion's not going to change next year, even if an injury happens. So I'm almost happy about maybe a discount next year if one of them loses there, you know, gets banged up or something.
1: Yeah, uh, so I, I think that you kind of have the same take on, on the rest of them, but Travis Etienne, I the, the thing I that I'm worried about they think that we might like him more than the NFL and I, I'm worried that the NFL gave him like a mid third round draft pick grade and he was like well I'm a first round pick so why are you giving me a mid third round draft pick grade and that's why he went back to school so I mean it might just be a weird feeling that I have but like you know we've had these cases of guys that the Debbie communities love guys that Twitter communities love and then they go back to school and we learn the reason why they get went back to school because the NFL didn't like him
2: eh no no i'm not buying that no no because we've seen it we've seen guys go back and still go high that's the thing if we hadn't then i might change my mind here but i don't think so man if he were in a small school you know if he was doing this in the whack or something then maybe but he's like crushing power five teams and uh I I just don't envision him going, maybe he's a second rounder. I think that makes sense. Maybe he got feedback about second round. No way. Third zero. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And uh, the last running back of this bunch is Najee Harris. And this one, I I don't know. Like, I I don't think he's going to lose value from this though. Like he's going to go back to Alabama. going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Yes, he's just a year away from the NFL, but, like, I, honestly, I think his value is just going to stay the same.
2: Ooh. So, actually, you know how I was saying all these guys doesn't change much? This could be one. This could be one where they they gave him fourth or fifth-round feedback because I'd seen Dane Brugler kind of speculating about this early before the season started that he's not a, a featured back in 2019 and for him to come back now, I know Bruegler's pretty locked into some NFL scouts. So, this one, there might be some fire here. I like Najee Harris. He's a big, powerful guy, but uh, there could be something here.
1: All right. And we'll finish off with a pair of wide receivers that return to school. Um, one of them makes a lot of sense. We have uh, Tylen Wallace, who tore his ACL towards the end of the season. And I think that the only reason why he returned to school was he didn't want to have a torn ACL at the Combine. And so he's going to give himself a year to rehab. And then he'll have, you know, probably four or five games to show, hey, this is why you should pick me in the first round.
2: Bingo. Yeah, no, this one, this one makes sense. He got hurt. Um, didn't want to go into the offseason and not be able to test out. He'll be fine. If you owned him in a Devy, you're fine. And I think, yeah, everything about him. He might not be a first-round pick because they might flag flag him for injuries now, but second round, I there's no way he falls past the second. Yeah.
1: And our last wide receiver is uh, a guy who has played with, probably one of the worst collections of quarterbacks ever assembled in college football history. Uh, that's our friend Tamorian Terry, one of the best deep threats in the nation, a uh, big guy, uh, let's see, 6'4, 203 pounds also has averaged 21.3 yards per catch, 19.8 yards per catch. A guy who, who kind of went under the Debbie radar, but was also like, he was being drafted. He was kind of right. being valued. He was being valued like in that 30 to 36 Debbie range last off season. And there's still probably a couple of Debbie leagues where he wasn't drafted in. And I think that – I don't think that returning – oh, he's he, – okay. He, he's not a senior, but he, he was he's returning a, as a redshirt junior. Um, but so I, I don't think that this is any sort of red flag, and I don't think – I mean, I, th- I think this might just be him saying, like, uh, let's give it another shot at trying to have a good college quarterback.
2: Yeah, and I do think he's a, a pretty – pretty springy athlete. But my own my other fear is I've I have a type and it's these long deep threats and uh I've loved Terry since I first saw him his his redshirt freshman season. But I have to acknowledge that I was a big Mac Collins guy. I liked a few other guys like this. So I think at a certain point when you play Devi long enough, you have to know your weaknesses. And I I've been really high on Terry. He was going to be a top five to seven guy in this class for me, but I have to acknowledge him coming back. Maybe he is more of a third, fourth, fifth round guy instead of that early second, you know, maybe even poke into the first now in terms of the NFL draft. So yeah, this, this could be, because he had a great year, so could be could be something, but maybe not.
1: Alrighty, and we're gonna do some rapid fire Twitter trades to wrap us up for today. So these are trades sent in by, by the by the fans, hashtag fans, and we can break them down for you. The first one is DJ Chark, a guy who had a big breakout his rookie season, kind of tailed off towards the end, but also that Jack that Jaguars offense. Was putrid towards the end. DJ Chark for Jalen Rieger, uh, one of the favorites of this class.
2: Ooh, I'm I'm not giving up Chark that easy. What What's your opinion on Chark? Cause I think I mean I understand why people would be hesitant on him going forward, but he had a great year and he's young and high high pedigree and kind of the guy there. I mean you, you don't maybe it's 800 900 yards next year, but that's tough to give that up for. I mean, I guess people are really high on Rieger, but I don't know.
1: I I prefer Chark here. I think that you're you're taking Rieger to hope to get Chark basically. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And and I'm correcting myself. Uh, Chark was not a rookie this year; he was a sophomore, which is why I acquired him for cheap in pretty much every league last year because he he was one of statistically one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL in his rookie season. Correct. And this just proves whenever a top you know whenever a top 100 NFL draft pick does that then is the time to buy because people basically put them to the side
2: exactly yeah
1: oh I will honestly I will address something though because I feel like along with the lines of people talking about always draft running backs in rookie drafts always trade for wide receivers into their rookie season that is such a a false prophecy by people to say, it's just so easy to trade for, for rookies when they've had like two bad games or two mediocre games. Like, yes, you can point to examples of, you know, this is when this guy was cheaper than where he was during his rookie draft. But like, so often, like people don't just make trades like, oh, I am a calculator. D2, D2. Like, you know, this calculator, this wide receiver lost value. So I'm going to trade him away to you. Like, I, I feel like and and then people will say, Well, I see it every year. I'm like, Okay, you see it every year, but I, I really don't.
2: And let's let's also address like we haven't had a Julio AJ Green type prospect in literally eight years. Like we we just haven't had it. The closest we've had is Amari, Amari Cooper. Yeah. And uh I mean he was fantastic, but like when a guy like Julio comes along, you're not you're not getting them cheap. Like you're paying a crap load, and it's worth it. So it's really just been the composition of prospects that we've been seeing that's kind of made the discount here, you know, more more so than wide receivers actually losing, being like fading wide receivers and rookie drafts being the right move.
1: All right, our next one uh, apparently is the McColl show because it's our third time talking about him. Uh, we have Cam Newton. Tony Pollard and McCall Hardman for Allen Robinson and Superflex.
2: <laughs> Oof. That's like a bitter shot of Jameson. Now say that again. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll give my takes. I think that it'll, it'll, uh, it'll clear it up for you. Uh, cam noon, Tony Pollard and McCall Hardman for Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. Like I, he's one of my favorite players in dynasty. I'm not giving up cam plus two decent young pieces. For Allen Robinson, the only way you're making this trade is if you think Cam is like done being a starter in the NFL, which is not a chance in the world.
2: And 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 you wouldn't want to tra- like, man, that's I, I wouldn't want to trade Cam right now. That's just my opinion, like, at all. I think you just hold him if you own him. Like, he should not be – he should be off the table for you in superflex Leagues right now. Um, I mean, I do think it's relatively, like, in the range. But, yeah, that's just too heavy on the young prospect and, and Cam side.
1: All right, uh, next one, uh, Le'Veon Bell, who is apparently dead, and Zach Ertz. For Joe Mixon and Dawson Knox. Hmm.
2: Uh depends on where you're at. I mean, honestly, if I'm in a good spot, I'll probably take the two win nows. 'Cause I I know Ertz is turning thirty. I don't view him as much of a as much of a win now guy as as the the industry does. I think he's gonna be around for Three or four more years at least, so I'm I'm fine with taking the hit after year three. I know Mixon could be with Burrow next year, but screw it, I'm going for it.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I'll take Bellinerts here too as well. I I think that the pendulum has swung way too quickly on Joe Mixon, as like you know at the beginning of the season he was oh Trash. this guy's like no 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 at the beginning, like in August oh. he was. In August, it was this guy is a top six dynasty running back. Yes. In October, it was this guy isn't a starting NFL running back. And now we're in January, and it's it's not quite top six dynasty running back again, but it is creeping up towards like top nine to ten. And I, I do think he's semi close to that, but I I also don't think Bell is dead. So uh, the fact that that I do I think that Bell still has a couple of seasons left, and I think Urge still has you know probably a few seasons left. I'll, I'll take those guys, and I, I don't I don't see much from Dawson Knox uh, yet, at least.
2: And, and again, I think a lot of Bell's value is tied to Sam Darnold, and Darnold just had the year from hell, especially at the beginning of, y- of the year. I think Bell will be fine for the next two years, at least on volume, and then you get Ertz, so I'll take that.
1: Yep, and the last one, uh, not sure why I put this on here, but here we go. Uh, Devonta Freeman for John Ross.
2: Yeah, I'll take John Ross here.
1: I will, too. Devont, to speaking of players that are uh, dead in value, and that's yeah. Devonte Freeman. If you can uh, get
2: any type of young – pro, any of the prospects we talked about for Devontae Freeman, um, you're loving life.
1: Yep. All righty. Uh, Russell, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the program today. Uh, anything you want to plug before we head out?
2: Yeah. um I'm over at FantasyGuru.com. Our off-season package is just kicking off. We're doing XFL stuff. We're doing NFL draft stuff. We're doing player reviews. And we got a bunch of good baseball stuff as well. I'm not a baseball guy, but we have good baseball stuff. So definitely check out Vlad Selder and, and Ray Flowers and all those guys. And... I want to plug my Beanie Wells jersey that I'm wearing. You probably can't see it, but it's a it's becoming a, a trade cast tradition that I wear my my Beanie Wells jersey that I got from Japan in 2009, and I'm still proud of it.
1: Here you go, uh, and I'm proud that you wear it as well. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the Nice Trade Cast. Make sure to check out Russell's content over at the Fantasy Guru. And uh, before we head out, I have to tell you, Kadoosh! Uh, Avoid legal snags. Tell people that they're being recorded. Russell, you're being recorded.
2: (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.